0: Welcome to 10,000 Roads to Financial Independence, the podcast where we interview real people with real stories of taking charge of their time and reaching financial independence faster. And now, your host, Elisa Zen.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Elisa from EasyFIU. Thanks very much for tuning in on the My FI Story today. Um, and we have Julia Cha um, with us today. And Julia is from Vancouver, Canada. And uh, she is a personal coach. So I've met Julia randomly on LinkedIn. That's the power of connection. Uh, We probably have some common clients we didn't know. Um, And uh, she just kind of fascinated me in terms of how she kind of make this business work. Julia, welcome to our show today.
0: Thank you, Alyssa. Thanks for having me here.
1: Awesome. So Julia, take us back a little bit. Um, What got you, what would you say your early childhood influence were that kind of um, created you as such an entrepreneur spirit?
0: That's It's quite hard to say, actually, because right off the bat, my parents were both entrepreneurs in their own way, especially my dad. But there was a lot of ups and downs. So I could say he was an influence, but at the same time, I could also say that it turned me off from being an entrepreneur. Mm. But I do believe that all childhood experiences do shape us. Right, because yeah. I did grow up watching that. I did see him hit big, but I also saw him lose big time. It was a lot of turbulence. I could say that was an influence, but more than anything, I I think that that experience plus having my children and having the time freedom has what what's really pushed me to go all in.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned about your children. So we all know, like we have these transitional moments in our uh, careers and etc did you kind of go through the whole job like the w-2 path like as you kind of grow up like tell us a little bit more really? about your, like what life journey
0: a, what's a w-2 path? oh
1: yes you can't canadian that's right <laughs> i forgot so w-2 means a full-time job a day job mm-hmm. uh we always refer to w-2 because it's a tax definition of like the type of tax that you're filing
0: yeah i see um, uh, yes, I did for a while work my full-time corporate job plus doing my side hustle. So I know if there are a lot of people listening here, when you're, um, you're wanting to quit your job and you're working on something, this will interest you quite a lot. It was a lot of hours I was putting in, I've also been a single mom for eight years at the time wow. of recording. So it was all on me and it was raising two kids who are in elementary school plus parenting properly, plus Right, being responsible for virtually Mm -hmm. all the little nitty-gritty that all parents understand, and also the thing that really bothered me in a job was that I couldn't just leave whenever I needed to. For
1: example,
0: if they get sick or if something happens, it always my time was ruled by whether there were meetings or whether there were other responsibilities that I had to be responsible for. When in my mind, my kids are my main priority. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that, and for about two years, was it two years, maybe slightly less than two years, I was doing both, where I was working full-time, and I was building.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And then, so, like, if you don't mind sharing with us, sometimes we go a little deep on the episodes over here, but you mentioned that you're a single mom. I actually didn't know the fact that you're a single mom, so that's, like, even giving me some more respect over here. Um, and uh, so... How, like, did that, the, the, did the transition kind of come in because you become a single mom? Or is it kind of before that, even like when you have the childbirth? Cause I know that was a um, transition point for me when I had a, my children, like my, my child, the first child, mm-hmm. that kind of really lit a fire for me to go on this I find journey. Um, but with you, tell us a little bit about that story, yeah. Well, definitely there's a huge mental transition And I would
0: even say a spiritual transition when we have a child and then later with multiple children, we learn different things. Mm -hmm. I would say that, yes, because it was a shocker. I did not realize that after one year and maternity leave was over how small my child was because before that, in our heads, we think, okay, yeah, you just have the baby do what everyone else is doing without realizing what it actually feels like to be in there to make those choices. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget the time I went into my old workplace to have a meeting, and they wanted me back full time. And I said, you know, I can't do full time. Can we do part time? And they were refusing, and they were saying no. So it was basically a time where I had to choose between mm-hmm. my son. When well, you look down, and then they're so small, right? Yeah. And and not seeing them for like ten hours a day, right? Yeah and not even having the language for them to express how their day went right yeah I had to make that choice at the time I was a single mother at the time I was with my partner with my ex-partner but definitely those things start to build and I think uh, when we make a transition like this it's not because one day we wake up we decide it's because we've already collected a lot of data where the regular model was no longer going to work
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah So that, so that kind of lit a file for you. And then how did your business start? Like, how did you start doing a side business? And then what is your side business?
0: Well, well, my side business was always coaching. Mm. What happened is that I started with financial advising, which meant I was working under a company, but you're still self-employed. And I think a lot of people start going into entrepreneurship that way sometimes because you're kind of feeling it out. I see frequently people who go into like MLMs or, doing like network marketing. And I also find that going into financial advising or even real estate is one of the ways like a realtor is one of the ways that people become entrepreneurs, but you're still having some kind of company backing you up. Mm -hmm. Partly it is the right thing for some people, but for the majority of the people, they're just feeling quite insecure about just being all on their own by themselves. Mm-hmm. So the idea of being under an umbrella of a company, it, it feels a little more secure, even though it's all of that is an illusion, right?
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. Because in a company like that, if you're in real estate, if you're a realtor, and you're working for a company and using their name, you do get mentorship. And, like that. and I was getting that as a financial advisor, but all the risk is still on you right? Yeah. yeah. And you're responsible for all the clients. Well, those are the things I didn't really understand at the time. Mm -hmm. I went into that and then I started to realize that, wow, I'm really not fixing people's problems. The job I wanted to do wasn't the job I was doing.
1: Right. Right. And then what, what, what was that? Like the job you wanted to do?
0: The job I wanted to do is helping people empower, to feel secure, and it doesn't mean sort of like what you're teaching is to become financially independent in 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way, but to feel in control of your own finances, right. yeah. to, to know that you have power to earn, to, yeah. To, yeah. to, afford things that you want. Right? Yeah. Because most of the times I think people don't even dream because yeah. they ask too, too much and too far and not in the scope of their reality. But the power is the ability to dream and to do whatever it takes to make that happen that's what instilled in people because that was my journey especially after i separated from my ex Mm -hmm. it was learning that is how do you empower yourself right to to make things happen and it's not about the timeline so much it's that you are working on that consistently
1: Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah that's absolutely true and then so as a single mom I. Gotta keep going to that because I I have a partner, you know, like people always ask me like, how do you do the stuff you do? I'm like, well, I'm really lucky because I have a partner that supports me and watches our kids all the time. Um, Even during this time, it's really hard because other kids are at home. So like, how do you find time, more so find motivation? You know, like I think motivation helps you find time. I always say that. But how do you find time? to like do the stuff that you want to do, not only carry on with your regular day job, but also kind of starting building a, you know, entrepreneurship side gig uh, from there. Yeah.
0: Well, when I was a financial advisor, I started to see that there's a better way to help people. So I started to approach my clients to see if they wanted personal coaching and some of them agreed. And that's kind of how I started. And I started mm-hmm. to fill my book on the side, right? Yeah. I started doing that. And then at the same time, I was doing some social media consulting because I was already quite knowledgeable in that area and actually mm. put my business to my my coaching business to six figures all using organic social media, right? Wow. I was yeah. doing that. um, And finding time was very challenging, right? Because yeah. you all that, right? Yeah. Well, the way I found time was early morning and I find mindset especially important, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't do crazy stuff unless we can see us ourselves accomplishing and we need a mental picture and right. to truly believe in that. And so I would say the hardest part is to believe in the mental picture and to see that mental picture continuously. Mm. But when you do, you find time, you mm. find time in places that you never thought you would find. So for me, it was 4 a.m. That was my time. I would yeah. get up at 4 a.m. And I still normally get up at 4.30, 5. It just naturally happens now. Yeah. Back then, it was a conscious effort, right? Yeah so I found time that way. I would be booking discovery calls at work, mm-hmm. finding times when there were meetings and taking calls, taking, taking calls in my car. Yeah. Right. Doing that is how I found time. And then evening, weekend, I had no weekends basically. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, so how do you then take care of your children as well as a kind of like, how do you arrange that? Cause I think for some of our listener, you know, that's being kind of a mental block. I always say it's a mental block. Yeah. But, um, how do you then take care of the children that was it as well?
0: So I find personally, I, I have conscious parenting beliefs. So I don't believe in outsourcing your children too much. Mm-hmm. So there's one of the things that you can't really, outsource. you can't outsource everything, you know, like you, you can outsource your bookkeeping. You can even outsource your lead generation. You can do that. Yeah. But I, I personally believe that if you outsource your children, you will pay for it badly later. Yeah. So I always made that a priority, right? I mean, it was never perfect because my mind was quite consumed in, in my, right. my business, but in my mind also I was doing it for them so I could be home with them. If I hadn't done that, I think COVID would have been terrible for us. Right. Right, right. The parents were working at home. They at least had that advantage. Right. Yeah. Um, we had daycare after school care, mm-hmm. but I always picked them up and we always made sure we had dinner together. We, right. And then, um, their dad is also in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So also leveraging that. Uh, but I think one of the things that kids really need is choice. Like what mm-hmm. do they want? Rather than being pushed and shoved around adult schedule all the time. Yeah. I think one of the things that really helped is that we gave them a choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and yes, we have the parents. So those are times that are non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. I kept working during those times.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was hard.
0: Sometimes yeah. I like email and stuff, right? It was yeah. Um, yeah. but, but definitely, most of the times, you know, 80% of the time, you want to be very much on board with the non-negotiable timers family. It. And also, Sunday was 100% for the kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you mentioned you work on the weekends as well. But I'm guessing it's not all weekends because you kind of have to alternate. if something comes up. You're probably carving out. Because for me, it was like the latest struggle I have is try to carve out one full day on the weekend with the kids. You know, yeah yeah so so that yeah. was yeah or with the family you know because then the husband gets a little grumble on that too so like, that's
0: one aspect though that I didn't have to please, I didn't have to like please my partner for my time you know that was one aspect that not everybody would say that's like a pro but it to me it was kind of like one less person to take care of right yeah
1: yeah yeah when when the relationship kind of didn't quite work there um and so Tell me a little bit about your typical day. So you wake up at four o'clock in the morning. Let's get into this a little bit more. Now, so then you work. Now or yeah. back then? Um, I guess back then when you like first started, because I think that's journey people are very interested in. You still yeah. have a what we call the W two job, the full time jobs, and then, so you wake up at four o'clock in the morning. Tell us a little bit more what what your routine kind of looked like. Yeah. So
0: four a.m. Um, and then I would meditate. I would have my black coffee. Mm-hmm. And I I have some videos on YouTube that talk about morning routines. It's Mm -hmm. it's especially important to calm your mind and prepare yourself Mm -hmm. that you're going to make good decisions that day, right? You set yourself up for success. So meditation was non-negotiable. Coffee, I had just plain black coffee because you don't want any sugar spikes or anything like that. And um, there were days that I did some yoga in the morning, but I would say it wasn't every single day. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But the first thing I always tackled work-wise wasn't emails wasn't you know checking social media it was lead generation mm. and i think this is the one thing that people want to avoid and that's why they're stuck
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so lead generation it from my part would be you know responding to all social media posts i've posted like days before and mm-hmm. responding to each person who's liked or commented or sent an inquiry
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. And then so, so that's probably going to take you spend about an hour, two hours on it, I'm guessing. Uh, and then moving on, then you get prepared for like for for work, your W2. Uh, yeah, sorry, your day, day job. Sorry.
0: And, <laughs> yeah. and ready for school. Uh, the other thing about the generation is also to have new people. Because, you know, people think if you post something on social, you're gonna get traffic, but getting traffic is a whole new different ball game. So yes, you're not gonna get traffic unless you know how to work the algorithm. So those yeah. are the things I focused on, having new people, making sure new people see my post, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And then I would get, uh, I will get them their lunch prepared, their snacks prepared, you'll wake them up and give them a bit of a cuddle because they always need it. Yeah. Um, you know, um, not wanting to rush them too badly, but getting them out the door, you know, getting the breakfast, right? Yeah. 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 That was the morning.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. And then you, you, you go off to work um, yeah. and then- when you come back, do you find times in the evening to continue to do some work then during then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: at the time I'm, I'm wanting to remember at the time, oh, one of the things I highly recommend people if they're in that situation, plan your life so you don't waste time. So commute time is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. I ended up quitting a job because it was too far away and got a job close by like five minutes away. Yeah. And that helped me immensely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did that actually too I'm like wow that's like a me so I yeah. quit my job that takes me three hours for commute and then I uh, reduced it down to pretty much a 10 or 15 minutes door to door yeah
0: because I thought about like how much more lead generation I could do if I didn't have to commute like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: right mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge time saver right
1: right right yeah, yeah. so that,
0: that's that's a hack that I recommend to everyone if they're in that situation where they wanted to quit their job mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, after work, I was doing, during work, I was doing some stuff and I was pretty honest. Um, I was honest with, but it's also how you say it to mm. to your coworkers and your boss and stuff, you know, like how you pitch it. Yeah. Um, they were quite understanding. The few people who knew, they were understanding. Yeah. I think nowadays everybody has a side hustle. So it's yeah. not new and, and different. And yeah. I think almost sometimes people wish that they could, do that themselves too mm-hmm. right so yeah. It, yeah. i find that in most corporate settings um except for the really toxic ones like they would they there are people who be quite understanding because they yeah. wish to do the same
1: yeah right? absolutely yeah. Okay. yeah they have
0: guts yeah so i would do some stuff there but i always made sure that i did work and so if someone is looking to quit their job i always recommend do like 80 mm-hmm. percent. So it's still very good deliver deliverable Yep. but you're also not putting so much energy that you can't do anything after work. Right.
1: Right. Right. Unless if you really excel at your job and that's the best opportunity for, cause at the end of the day, there are increasing incomes, right. In in a way. Um, So like, unless if you love your job, you do very good at it. Then I think promotion is probably the best path you go for that. Um,
0: But you know, also as an entrepreneur, like in my position, um, in corporate, I've seen people get promotion, like, I don't know, like 5,000, 10,000 a year or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I did my business right, I can make that in a day. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like it, that doesn't make sense. Right. If you yes. look at it from that perspective,
1: yeah. So yeah.
0: I, I kind of stick to the 70 to 80%. You know, if you know, you're going to leave, take everything you can from it. And I don't mean just money, but mm-hmm. all the experience that you can leverage yeah. when you pivot to your own business.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um okay, so then you come back home, all right. Um yeah. and then you have your you pick up your kids, you came back home, yeah. um, and uh like you get them dinner, they're non-negotiable. Uh, tell us a little bit about these non-negotiable hours.
0: Non-negotiable hours are you know what typically what people will call like home like dinner time, you know, you don't have phones at your table, right? Mm. Um have conversations, talk about what happened that day. Um, I know most parents have homeworks to deal with. Like we, my kids are in IB school and they don't have homework in elementary school. It's <laughs> crazy. They don't. Yeah. yeah. But it, it doesn't make it as as hard and time-pressing. Sometimes yeah. they have homework, but it will be mostly connecting.
1: Yeah. Connecting,
0: and that's yeah. something we can't fake, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you have to be all in present. And I yeah. think my kids are very honest. They're like, where are you right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're here, but... I just said something and your answer was uh-huh right yeah it's not an uh-huh kind of question <laughs>
1: yeah yeah, that's awesome. yeah, my my daughter i when she was young i taught her i'm like hey don't just throw a tantrum and just tell me you need some attention right now yeah right? and then she would be like i need some attention right now mommy like yeah, yeah. So i can totally so relate awesome. yeah And and then, so I guess like once the kids goes to bed uh, or maybe even after dinner, you have some downtime that you can work on your stuff then?
0: Yeah, because, you know, they go off and do their own. Usually there's like a fight to play video games or something. And I tend to say no immediately, right? Yeah. Um, But sometimes I'll have an allowance or if they're playing like with Lego or they're reading a book or something, I will glance at my email, look at my social media. Uh And then sometimes respond to people who have, who could potentially be leads. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So and I then, can, I can't say this enough. Read leads are the most important. If you don't yeah. have business fully format like, formed yet, then you need to focus on leads.
1: Yeah, yeah. And oftentimes it's not to spending money on a marketing, but rather just organic growth, reach out to people actually having this conversation as well. So yeah. fast. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry.
0: Um I'm glad you mentioned that about advertising because actually, until we have a lot of the messaging and what we call organic content down, mm-hmm. ads don't really work. Right. Because it, because it's all about penetrating people's minds and yeah. and providing something that makes them interested. So until we mm-hmm. understand what that is, ads won't work.
1: Yeah. And then, so what have you found that that was like? some good tips that you can share with our audience uh, things that really kind of pops into people's mind. That was really works. Uh, and also how long did you get to that stage? You
0: know, oh, what do you mean to find out what works?
1: Yeah. Yeah. How long did you get to like in the group per se? Cause I yeah. know like we had a lot of challenges working on social media. You're like, okay, posting message, message, message. Can Nobody's interacting with us. What's going on. Right. So um, at what point, like you kind of like, Oh, I got this figure because everybody's voice is different. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah.
0: I, I won't say how long it took me because I don't want to create a bias in people. Yeah. But what I will say is that mindset is everything in anything that we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And actually in anything like social media, uh, when, when we are in business as entrepreneurs, it's always about clients. Right. Mm-hmm. And, we have to also understand how the mind naturally works
1: mm-hmm.
0: so these are the things that it, it took me to figure out to finally break through and have success right people are innately selfish mm-hmm. so if something and people have low attention span so if something doesn't fulfill their selfish desire in the first 9 seconds of reading or seeing something they won't be interested <laughs>
1: right right so grabbing their attention, potentially I'm going to derive from here some advice from you would it be like maybe grabbing their attention was a very interesting headline, really spend time on that headline um, and uh, kind of getting the content front load uh, to make them curious is uh, yeah the way to go.
0: Yeah, and this, I, I would say the most important thing in business is the ability to understand people and when we do, we will never have an issue no matter what the economic climate is. Mm -hmm. as long as you understand people because you just give them what they're looking for when you Mm -hmm. understand them Mm
1: -hmm. definitely yeah um cool so that's that's awesome because um that gives us a really good idea how you actually kind of scaled this up so do you work for yourself full time now yes (laughs) very (laughs) awesome so when did that transition happen tell us a little bit about that moment And then also afterwards we would like to to talk about how you actually scale it up yeah
0: Yeah. so i i would say the breakthrough was about three years ago Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when it just like it went from kind of like oh i I, this is kind of working but i still have to push really hard on this Mm -hmm. to like okay i got a real good hang of this and i understand what response so a lot of the human psychology part that i was having a lot of trouble with in the beginning mm-hmm. that started to really change three years ago yeah it was consistent effort
1: and then what what is that lesson like is there like a some shortcut lesson you can share with our audience like you know the epiphany moment like what is the epiphany that came up yeah
0: i, I don't i didn't have one epiphany moment yeah, But, uh, I mean, I leverage a lot of different people. I, I also invested in myself. It's not like I sat there trying to figure this out on my own, right? Yeah. I, I t- opted into a lot of different marketing courses, right? Mm-hmm. I opted into, um, you know, learning copywriting, right? And, and so, basically, normally when you opt into things like that, the, the teacher or whoever is facilitating or the guru, whatever you want to call them, they'll just give you their copy and say, copy this. And that doesn't work,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: this copy generated me like a million. You use this copy, Mm -hmm. but the copy doesn't work because first of all, your offer could be totally different from their offer. Right. right? Your appeal could be entirely different from that person's. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I really found was that it was accidental. Actually I shared a story of myself that I felt like it was very vulnerable and quite triggering on a Facebook live. Mm -hmm. And it was about my relationships and, and you know, always getting into these toxic relationships, and I'm um, separating and then building my own life and doing mm-hmm. quite well. And I used to have this worried I couldn't do things on my own, right? And yeah. overcoming that, I posted a Facebook live, and then I was cringing inside, even though I was smiling on the outside, telling the story. I'm like, oh my god, what am I doing? This is so personal. Yeah. Um, I think what most people do is they show up as experts and teach people how to, right? Right. But I shared this story and I, I got off and I was like, I should delete that. Right. Yeah. And then I didn't, for whatever reason, I had a ton of people contact me because of their live. Yeah. Before I barely had people and they all had issues. They were either entrepreneur women mm-hmm. um, who were in toxic marriages and the marriage was actually really ruining their business. Yeah, um, And then I had uh, just regular women who felt quite powerless, wanted to connect with me. Right. And then I had um, uh, like powerful corporate women who were secretly suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked like they had a really nice marriage, right? Right. It, it was all, all related to that story. Right. And they were like, I want what you have. And and to be honest, some people were financially better off than me, but that wasn't it because it was internal power that they they felt they didn't have,
1: right? Right, right.
0: So that's kind of how it started. And that was, I could say that was a breakthrough moment, how the thing I wanted to remove and Mm -hmm. felt so uncomfortable was what converted people Mm -hmm. and made them feel like they needed me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So personal story connects to authenticity is... uh, huge on there too um, exactly. and, and also the time right like the time and the consistency of posting stuff because you talked about social media you know the week this weekend I went to a conference and then the guy was like well really just like keep on posting it sounds like a really easy advice but then he yeah. shared the stats to say anyone who's worth something on YouTube is has got 500 videos like if you had a 10,000 follower then you had like a thousand video or more you know yeah. it's like the consistency and volume
0: yeah, yeah consistency is huge especially because vanity people focus on the vanity metrics Mm -hmm. People focus on how many likes they had people focus on how many um comments are getting right Mm -hmm. even on linkedin people focus on views but actually what matters more is how many of those people care about what you're doing
1: Mm -hmm.
0: how many of those people actually want to work with you right that matters more
1: right
0: so oftentimes looking at social media is so hard to tell who actually is generating income from their business who isn't because mm. one time i talked to an instagram this model right and mm. she had like 10000 followers yeah and she had some famous people following her she put out a t-shirt to sell and nobody bought it well
1: wow. a t-shirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: and i told her look i've got like you know way less followers like one like one out of ten, like one tenth of your followers, right? Yeah. I got, you know, it, it, I mean, just looking at everything, my content looks less pretty. Yeah. But I have people contacting me to work with me. Right. 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 And, and I never find that my actual clients, people who become my clients, ever like my stuff, mm-hmm. ever comment. They're always watching.
1: Yeah, gotcha. And, so and don't get caught up. Yeah, with no. the likes of, so what would you say, do you have like a metric then to that? Like, what would you use as a metric? Because I'm a very math, math yeah. driven person. So, I, What's the metrics over there? Yeah.
0: It's hard to say because when we talk about metrics, we have to look at something tangible, right? Yeah. But the metric I use is I always, when a prospect contacts me, I ask them, what do they see? Mm-hmm. I asked them what about my message or content, which content exactly. And mm-hmm. one time I asked a prospect and she told me what resonated with her the most was a post I made that nobody had liked, nobody had commented. It's almost like nobody cared, yeah. but to her, that was something that hit her home and it had mm-hmm. to do with trauma.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause we have to understand your audience, your prospect, they're all selfish. Mm-hmm. If they like something, they're showing a part of themselves. Mm-hmm. So if, if something that you're posting um, has to do with money or has to do with um, something slightly uncomfortable or right mm-hmm. even like toxic marriage, something like that. If people like that, then they're revealing themselves that they might have something that they need to work on. People mm-hmm. don't like that. Mm-hmm. So actually what I like to do um, is to, it's kind of a reverse triangle, right? So mm-hmm. you want to look at your content like some things everybody likes, yeah. right? They're like a success quote yeah people have no hang-ups about liking that stuff right Right. um you know it's very aspirational everybody likes it everybody likes success great topic Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that gets a lot of attention those are good because it helps to ramp up your algorithm yeah and if there's content that's kind of mid-range where it's a little more specific but people who are a little more targeted. So in, in your example it will be you know, something to do with investing or real mm-hmm. estate, right? That's a little more specific than success and financial freedom in general. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That will be the next level. you still get attention, but maybe not as much as something that's more on the surface level. And right. then more specifically, now you're talking about things that like your ideal clients who are very hot and they're ready to work with you. Mm-hmm. Those are the, people who will be interested. In. And I yeah. often find that when you post things that are very specific, to your audience not many people would like it but when people continue to see proof that you have what it takes to get yeah. their, their desired goal and they've been seeing a variety of these types of content they will respond
1: Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome. That's a huge learning for me too as well. Um, so I shouldn't be very sad when I post something nobody likes. <laughs> don't worry about
0: that, don't <laughs> worry about that. I mean you do want to, if you keep doing it and there's nobody ever interested, yeah. then you want to take you, but oftentimes changing things too frequently, and I would say 30 days, you're to be very consistent Yeah. for 30 days if you can every single day, right? Mm-hmm. And if you see that there's nothing converting, you should definitely tweak it, right? Yes. Um, if the, you if you're not even getting a call, right? Because a yeah. call is a conversion, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's mm-hmm. a call to action, and they've taken the action. Right. But if you're getting nothing, like crickets, nothing, then you probably want
1: to look at it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. So so you s- started from that. Um, so your transition back to your story, uh, in terms of your transitioning to that. So you gained at this point the confidence of saying. I can go on my own, um, and then now I feel comfortable to own my own business, right, um, and and so you did that, um, and then tell us, like, that moment that happened, is it, like, one moment that happened, or is it something that you worked towards, and at one point, like, for me, it was, like, really planted, you know, I got my CPA involved, too, so like, at this point, we're going to retire, you know, um, yeah. For me, it was leap of faith. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I always tell people like, cause a lot of people when I ask me like, how do I quit my job? Cause I want to know how you did it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do get that question quite a lot from people cause people see it as something impossible. Right. Mm-hmm. It's impossible in their situation and they could be like single. And then they yeah. seem like, how did you do it? I said, you have to set it up. And the yeah. only thing that you build up during the time that you're taking consistent action as a side hustler is that you start to learn that you can make things happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Your Mm -hmm. consistency drives. And then when you get to a place where you do understand your audience to a certain level, it Mm -hmm. will always get better, but you get to a certain level where you know that when you push this, it will go. Mm -hmm. That's when you quit. So for me, I I made 10,000 one week. That Mm -hmm. was enough confirmation. Yeah. If I push this, it will go. And that's, I gave notice right away. That was it. That's nice. And it was hard. It was hard. It was hard because, you know, I didn't have a lot of backup, right?
1: Yeah. But
0: sometimes it is leap of faith and and a lot of times it is timing. So if you hesitate too long, you will lose the momentum and you harder to quit
1: it later. Gotcha. Gotcha. So fast forward now, um, what are you going to do in the next five to 10 years or five years? Let's say, what do you see yourself in five years?
0: Uh, I I see myself doing more live events because most of the coaching that I do now Mm -hmm. is on success and achieving goals what I have come to really understand through my studies and doing work with my clients is that our mind is actually wired to not achieve goals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our mind falls into, I mean, if everybody wants to achieve their goals, they would all have it. Right? Yeah. The thing is your mind is ancient and it's primitive and it's wired to not achieve goals. Yeah. It's wired <laughs> to be comfortable and to repeat the same patterns that you've already experienced. And if your goals are much further than what you've already experienced and what you've mm-hmm. created. Where it's deemed safe and yeah. survival, you're not gonna get it. We're gonna end up self-sabotaging, right? Mm. And yeah. self-sabotaging just feels realistic. It feels like the right thing to do. You don't want to get
1: hurt. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's
0: tied to risk averseness, which is tied to survival.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay? Out yeah. The right. Out of comfort zone. right? I see myself doing more stage, I think, TED mm-hmm. talks, right? Uh, talks. Yeah. public events, more, more events, in-person events, because from day one, my, my coaching has all been online. Mm-hmm. My first paid client was in California. Right. So it's always been international. I've had clients in Africa mm-hmm. and people get wow. really shocked. I'm like, yeah, I've had, I've had corporate clients who are expats in, in living in Africa. There's a lot of mining, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've had clients all over the world. Wow. Except for Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> continent so far, right? Yeah. And, and I would like to do more in
1: person stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and the, what would you recommend for someone who wants to get into life coaching? What are some program mentors, aside from yours, obviously, <laughs> um, that you would recommend someone who wants to get into coaching? Um, and then the last question I had is what are some marketing? books, trainings that you recommend people kind of take? Yeah,
0: that These are excellent questions. The first thing is if somebody wants to be a personal coach or a life coach or a success coach, because those things are really the same thing, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I recommend that you find someone in the industry who you vibe with because not everybody works the same way, right? Yeah. And also... There are many different types of people in the world and how people respond to work is quite different and what kind of work. So my biggest recommendation is that there isn't a one specific pathway, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you want to be an engineer, you go to this school, right? And then you get this, you take these courses, but coaching is not really like that Mm -hmm. because there's, there are many things you can learn through a teacher or through a course, but a lot of coaching is that you're dealing with real life people. Yeah. So life skills and experience is highly valued. So you have to understand what you've already accomplished, what you, what value you have outside of theory, Mm -hmm. because your energy and your connection with the person is what's going to end up moving that person. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's not, not necessarily the theory. Yeah. It's a connection that you have with the client. So I highly suggest you find someone. If you are wanting to be a personal coach or a life coach or success coach, any type of personal coach you want to find someone who's got very similar energy similar vibe similar way of working people that really resonates with you mm-hmm. and um you know th- that may yeah you, but i highly recommend not to overstudy yourself because That's this is true. not about theory this is about people <laughs> yeah so, the more you work with clients the better coach you're going to be and yeah. i find that oftentimes in this industry coaches tend to fall into studying too much and not working with too many different people. So, you know, clients is priority. If you want to be a good coach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Practice 10,000 hours practice. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. great. And then we would definitely love to have you back to talk about some marketing tricks as well, but leave us with some, uh, good books to kind of follow up with marketing, some, something that you love marketing with marketing,
0: copywriting, um, you should definitely conquer copywriting, right? Mm-hmm. Copywriting is all about, the salesmanship on, on paper, on, on written form. So, you know, each line has to convert the person to read the next line. And at mm-hmm. the end of it, you want the person
1: to do what you want them to do. So you so would not recommend here. hiring out for copywriter? In the beginning, no. Got it.
0: In the beginning, no, because I have hired copywriters and sometimes they could be just as lost as you because a really good copywriter charges a lot. Yeah. Because that person's ability to understand people is much higher. And that's mm-hmm. what the copywriter charges were, not just the copywriting itself. Yeah, Right. Nobody understands your audience better than you. So you want to have some of that down pat before you outsource that. So you can give them directions.
1: Yeah. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome.
0: The, the, the second thing I want to say is that advertising on Facebook, Instagram is sort of networking as well as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, so I personally find that organic works the best. Mm. It's kind of long term You know, social media content posting that can be kind of short term, fast cash, but at the same time, you want to build long term. So YouTube, mm. right? YouTube ranks on Google. It's so important that you start thinking long term that way. So then you're mm. not always like stuck in social media. Right. Yeah. And then Google search engine, that's also extremely
1: important. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Good, great advice. And then uh, what would be one books that you would recommend? If anyone was to read anything, you know life coaching or marketing, what would you recommend them to do?
0: Um, I would say a good book on copywriting is to um, anything by David Ogilvy is a good is a good book. You can find that. Um, mm-hmm. and some of the other mindset type of books. One book I highly, highly recommend is uh, Napoleon Hill, mm-hmm. Outwitting mm-hmm. the Devil. So I think Got a lot done. of people have read Thinking Go Rich and that's yeah. right, it's a classic but the second Napoleon Hill book you should read if you haven't yet is Outwitting the Devil because gotcha. Outwitting the Devil is all about how what we think is realistic mm-hmm. is actually a self-sabotage and that's the devil yeah. and condition to have those thoughts that's Right, awesome. so it's yeah. amazing second book that I highly recommend which I have it right here with me all the time is uh, 48 Laws of Power
1: Oh. love!
0: Yeah. By Robert Greene. It's very good. Gotcha. This is all about influence.
1: Great. Awesome. I'm gonna put that into my uh, reading list as well. And uh, thank you so much Julia for your time. How do we actually contact you? How do we get re- it, in touch with you?
0: You can contact me
1: through any of the social
0: media channels. You can um, go on my website juliacha.com and there's a contact form if you like. Uh, that would probably the best way, but I would say start checking out my YouTube channel because I've got some of the best content there. That's, That's gonna
1: awesome! Help. Yeah, the best. Um, thank you so much, the best Julia Cha, thank and uh, yeah, definitely. And looking forward to chat with you more. Thank you, Alyssa. Okay. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Ten Thousand Roads to Financial Independence. This can be you. What if today was the day you started the countdown clock to your financial independence? Join many others like you at www.easyfiuniversity.com to get started.